And this morning, I want to share with you about the promise. The promise, because it all starts with a promise. And my question to you today is, what is the promise for our lives from God? What promise has God given us? Now, you know, I'm sure you've heard it before that many preachers say there's thousands and thousands of promises in the Bible. But there's one that I read recently that really struck me. Because it's a promise, as we're going to see, that was the very first promise to mankind. Do you guys want to know what it is? And you're thinking, oh, I know already. I already know what it is. It's Adam and Eve. Wrong. I got you. We're going to look in Titus 1, verse 2. Titus 1 and verse 2. It says this, Paul, a bondservant of God and an apostle of Jesus Christ, according to the faith of God's elect and the acknowledgement of the truth, which accords with godliness. And then listen to this part. In hope of eternal life, which God, who cannot lie, promised before time began. God promised to mankind before even anything was created. Before time even began, we know that God is outside of time. He is the one who created everything we see, including time. Before he, be, he made time, he made a promise. He made a promise for eternal life, for salvation. Did you know that before you were born, God promised you eternal life and salvation? And eternal life isn't just like, oh, I'm going to live forever. Because it's not saying that. Eternal life goes hand in hand with something called salvation. And salvation is a package deal. Say to the person next to you, package deal. Salvation isn't just like when someone rescues you. Because God has way more than just to rescue you out of your situation. Salvation is a complete package. It comes with everything you need to live. Everything you need to exist and some. God promises in his word Salvation, meaning eternal life, meaning health, meaning financial prosperity, meaning grace, meaning love, meaning all the things that you could ever want is assumed in that promise, which he made before time even began. It has existed before he even made us. Now I want to look at something this month. I want to look at some basic Bible beliefs. Say, say with me, basic Bible belief. So we're going to have a look at some basic Bible beliefs, and I'm going with the alliteration theme today. Um, basic Bible beliefs. And we're going to look today at the promise principles. See what I did there? Basic Bible beliefs, promise principles. Uh, I, I thought this one through beforehand. I spent a long time. I didn't have um, David to help me. Um, okay, so what do we know about promises? Because it's important to know the nature of a promise before we can fully understand what we can receive from it. Now, God has promised us eternal life, but what does it mean to receive a promise? So the first promise principle I want to teach you today is this. Listen very carefully. And if you're taking notes, write it down. 
Without personality, you cannot have promise. Without personality, you cannot have promise. Or in other words, there needs to be a person to make the promise and a person to receive the promise. This is not something for animals or insects or trees or grass. This is something for people with personality. And we serve a God who is personal. God is a personal God. He's not some God up in the sky who doesn't care, who just created us and I'll let you get on with it. God is a personal God. And he has placed that personality in us. In order for a promise to be made, there needs to be people. God is a person in heaven. And we are people on earth. And he made a promise with us. But I want to ask you a little question. This is going a little bit deeper for those who like a little bit of theology. I was thinking about this. So if you need a person to have a promise, someone to make the promise and someone to receive the promise, and God made the promise before time began when it was only him, how does that work? There's just him. Who does he make the promise to? Who is God promising eternal life to or salvation? What do you guys think? Nobody knows. Anybody? No. Let me tell you this. It tells us about the nature of who God is. Because God is three persons in one being. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And they are one substance, a bit like a family, for example. When you look at Noah, my son, if any of you not check out my Instagram, you look at him and you think, they're of one substance, right? <laughs> they look the same. They're similar, but they're different. They're people who are separate, but they're also a family together. That's about the closest example I can give for the Trinity. It's called the mystery of the Trinity for a reason. It's a bit of a mystery. But... We know that God is God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And so when, before creation began, God promised, who? His Son Jesus, eternal life. God knew that Jesus was going to come down to earth in human form as a man. And he made that promise to Jesus. If you go to the cross, when you die, don't worry. I'm going to raise you back to eternal life. And the Bible says that Jesus is the first fruits of that life. In other words, what God promised to Jesus, everything that Jesus is and has from God the Father is for us as his children. How incredible is that? That God knew before time began that we would be here and that Jesus would die for our sins. And that he would become like the first person to receive that promise so that we in turn can receive it from him. Without personality, you cannot have promise. God is a personal God. He loves you. He cares for you. And he wants you to know today that he has a promise for your life. Amen. How many people receive it? Amen. Let's give God a round of applause. Number two, and this is really obvious, 
but it's also very important. Without a promise, there cannot be a fulfillment. Why am I saying this? It's so obvious, of course. You can't have a fulfillment of a promise without a promise. But there are so many people in life who are looking for the fulfillment of a promise they haven't received. There are many people who say, I want to be blessed. I want to receive the good things in this life. And I'm going to go over here and try and take them. I'm going to get the fulfillment for a promise that God never gave me. You can only have the fulfillment of a promise that God gives. In other words, you have to receive God into your life in order to receive his promise. And let me tell you, the promise of God is far greater and far above any human promise on this earth. You know, there's commercials that come on. If you buy this now, in the next 30 seconds, you will get a free... I don't know what. I'm not very good at those voices. Those are like human promises. They're terrible. They suck in comparison to God's promise. God's promise is far and above anything we could ever receive. So that's the second thing. And the third promise principle is this. Promise means promise. Say that to the person next to you. Promise means promise. Again, it's really obvious. So why am I telling you? Because I know there are people here who have received promises that have been broken. I know there are people here whose parents maybe have promised them something, a certain type of life or love, and they haven't received it. They've received a promise, but they never received the fulfillment of that promise. And as a result, you don't believe in promise anymore. You don't believe that somebody can actually keep their promises. I had a friend, one of my best friends in high school. He wasn't a Christian. I was trying to win him. Um, but he was a little full of himself. I'll just say it like that. But I remember we got onto the conversation about marriage one time. As we normally did because I was pretty much the only Christian in my high school. And everyone would be like, oh, you're not going to have sex before marriage. Oh. I'd be like, nope, I'm not. Um, and anyway, so we got into the conversation about marriage. And, and he was like, you know what? I don't believe in marriage. How many of you heard that before? I don't believe in marriage. Marriage is a promise. Marriage is the biggest, most important promise that anyone can make on life, in life after promising to give your life to Jesus. It's a promise to keep yourself, to guard yourself, to be faithful to the person who you marry. And he said, I don't believe in that. I'm like, why not? Surely that's like everyone's goal to, to find the right Mr. or Mrs. Right and marry them. And spend the rest of your life with him. He's like, no, I don't believe in it. So we got talking and of course, you can probably tell where I'm going with this story. That his parents divorced when he was young. His dad went with another woman. His mom was left bringing up their three kids. And his brother was older and he went off and did his thing. And his other brother did something else. And, and he was kind of left. Just him and his mom and his dad would eventually show up and take him to the pub. We have a pub in England. It's the bar here, I think. I don't know if you know what the pub is. When he got old enough, and that was his relationship with his dad. Let's go have a pint. That's a really English thing. You guys have no idea what I'm talking about. Um, that's good because it's, it's not. It's unholy. It's sinful. 
Um, but that was the extent of his relationship with his dad. And that was what he understood about promise. Promise is there to be broken. That's what he understood. And that was his promise principle. And that's why I say to you today, promise was not there to be broken. And look at what it says in Titus. In the verse we read in the beginning. And I love this. This is a basic Bible belief that is so powerful that if you can get a hold of it in your life, everything will change. It's so short, yet so powerful. In the, second, in the second part, it says, in the hope of eternal life, which God, who cannot lie. God cannot lie. When he gives you a promise, he means it. It's a promise. And it's a promise for eternity. He cannot lie. And he will never, ever go back on his promises doesn't matter what your experience is of human beings. Human beings are sinful. We're fallen. We make mistakes. We make promises we can't keep, unfortunately. And I know we've all been on the receiving and the giving end of that. But I want to say this to break your thinking today. Promises are not there to be broken. Promises are promises. Jesus' promises, God's promises to us are promises forever. And God cannot lie and he will not lie. Amen. Amen. Why don't we give God a round of applause for that? So I want to say today, do not place your trust, your understanding in things according to to your experience. Place your trust in the word of God because it is not a lie because God cannot lie. The word of God is the truth. And if you begin to read it and place your trust in it and put your faith in it and start to act according to the word of God, you will see the fulfillment of God's promises in your life because God cannot lie and he will fulfill what he has promised. Now, it might not be right in the moment that you want it because he's there to test your faith. Amen. But we're going to get into that a bit later on in this month. Um, keeping you hanging there. You see what I did? So, I come to this. What is God's personal promise for us? Well, we said it's eternal life. But once we step into being Christians, what's God's promise for us as a Christian? What's the best promise that God has given in the Bible for us as Christians? I'm going to read it out for you. It's in Acts chapter 2 and verse 17. And this is Peter speaking to the multitudes on the day of Pentecost. They've just received the Holy Spirit and Peter says this, and it shall be in the last days, God says that I will pour forth my spirit on all mankind and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy and your young men shall see visions and your old men shall, see, shall dream dreams. Even on my bond slaves, both men and women, I will in those days pour forth of my spirit and they shall prophesy. And I will grant wonders in the sky above 
and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and smoke. Ooh, it's deep stuff. God's promise for us is very simple. You give your life to Jesus. You believe in him and he gives you eternal life. But as part of the package deal, he has something extra special for us. Not just eternal life, but he is going to actually send his very spirit who he is, part of the Trinity, part of who God is, and he is going to come down and dwell inside of us, in our lives. So when you give your life to God, it's not just saying, oh, cool, I'm going to come to church every Sunday. You're saying, God, you're going to be inside of me. You're going to live inside of me. Your spirit is right here, everywhere I go. doesn't matter when I get up in the morning or if I sleep in. Nobody here sleeps in. You all get here on time. Amen. Amen. Next week we'll see. <laughs> A round of applause for God. Whether you're on time or you're late, doesn't matter where you're going. God is with you. His Holy Spirit is with you. Now, there's something amazing about that because some people don't understand. They think that that just means, oh, I get a nice, fuzzy, warm feeling, the eebie-jeebies in my life. Something, mm, I get the Holy Spirit. There are some people that are like the Holy Ghost. They call him. It's a little religious for me. Because God living in us isn't just so we can feel nice. It's so that this word can be fulfilled. Which says that I will pour forth of my spirit on all mankind. And then at the end it will say, and they will dream dreams, see visions, and they will prophesy. And then it says, I will grant wonders in the sky above and signs on the earth below. Blood and fire and vapor of smoke. This month we want to look at signs and wonders. But it starts with the promise. The promise of the Holy Spirit in your life. If you want to see signs and wonders in your life, you've got to start right there. God's promise and His Holy Spirit, which can fulfill that promise in you. But... What does the Bible mean by signs and wonders? You know, we've heard about miracles and healings, and you can kind of understand that, but signs and wonders. Well, it says in this passage, I will grant wonders in the sky above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and vapor of smoke. Ooh. I was reading that thinking, well, that's kind of strange. What does God mean by that? Signs and wonders, blood, fire, and smoke. At first, you know, I heard Pastor Caesar preaching on this once, and he said the same thing. At first, I thought it meant like volcanoes and earthquakes and like something big and grand, and God's going to do it so that we'll all know that he exists right before he comes back and takes us all to heaven. Then I was thinking, volcanoes have been around the whole time. Earthquakes have been around. They've existed. Those kind of things that happen, thunder and lightning, they've always existed. So why does this word say that God's going to grant signs and wonders, fire and smoke and blood in the last days? If those things have already existed, well, then I had to change my thinking. I think, if that's the case, well, then it doesn't mean that. Right? Can I get an amen? It doesn't mean that. So what does it mean? 
What in the earth is God talking about? Basically, a sign is something that points the way. Right? When you're going down the turnpike. And there's a sign that pops up. And it tells you, you know, um, exit 12 or whatever it is, stadium. I don't even know. I never look at the sign. Um, but you know that that's the exit you want to take if you want to go to the, the, the stadium. A sign simply points the way to something. And what's a wonder? A wonder is something you wonder about. A wonder is something you're in awe of, that it happens, and you're like, whoa. That was pretty cool. And you wonder it. Your draw drops. And I'm not talking about if someone walks in the room and you're single and you're like, That's not a wonder from God. Let me just, well, actually it is, but we'll not go there. Um, so we've got signs, something that points the way, and a wonder, something you're in awe of. But if you put them together, what do you get? One word. Miracles. Popped up. Oh, no, I didn't. Miracles. Signs and wonders are simply miracles. And a miracle is something that God does from heaven on earth in the natural world that is unnatural. When God reaches out of, out of heaven and he changes the natural order of things, that's a miracle. And it can happen in any area of your life. We're not just talking about healings. We're talking about when God does something so drastic I was reading a book recently about Derek Prince and he was saying he was praying for someone and he prayed for them because they couldn't hear in their ear. And then they received healing and they were able to hear. But the man said afterwards, you know, it wasn't just that I couldn't hear, I had my ear surgically removed. All the insides. So I didn't even have an ear. That's a miracle. When God reaches down and he creates something out of nothing. Or a miracle in your life, in your family. When you're going in a certain direction and your family is in a mess and God reaches out and something happens and you're like, where did that come from? Like your dad calls you and he never speaks to you. And he calls you up and he says, I just want to ask for forgiveness. And you're like, <gasps> wonder. Do your best wonder face. When something crazy happens that you never expected, that it couldn't have happened on its own, that is a miracle. And God does miracles today. He does signs and he does wonders. He is a personal God with a personal promise to do personal things for us on this earth. And he wants to do those things in your life. He wants to show you what he can do. Now quickly, I want to run through the three things, blood, fire, and smoke, so I don't leave you hanging on those. Because you're like, what does it mean? God is talking about Jesus. This is a quote. This is Peter quoting from a prophecy in the Old Testament from a guy called Joel. And Joel gave this prophecy and Peter said, that prophecy that Joel gave is being fulfilled right now. Now, this is another basic Bible belief for you just so that you can re remember it. Old Testament prophecy 
always points to Jesus. If you want to understand when you're reading your Bible and you're reading Isaiah and you're like, what on the earth does this mean? Or even worse, Job. And you're like, or even worse, Ezekiel. I read that and I'm like, God, what is this? What does it mean? What does it mean for me? It's really simple. Start with the basic Bible belief. The Old Testament prophecy is about Jesus. It's about pointing towards the fact that Jesus is going to come and save mankind. And so this prophecy, Old Testament prophecy, is about Jesus. It says blood, fire, and vapor, smoke. Blood is speaking about Jesus' death on the cross. It says in Hebrews 9, verse 14, how much more will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without blemish to God, purify your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. The blood is the first sign that God gives us in our lives. Everything that it means, everything that it speaks about, the blood of Jesus is our medicine, is our our, our answer for the things that we need. When Jesus died on the cross, he poured out his blood. The Bible says the life of a being is in his blood. Jesus poured out his life in death for us so that we in turn can receive it. You know what the greatest sign in the world is? When somebody comes along in a mess, mess in their head, mess in their heart, mess in their body, mess in their life completely. And God reaches down, he lifts them up, and he saves them by the power of his blood and completely transforms them. That is the greatest sign of miracle that we have today. The outworking of the power of the blood of Jesus. If you want to see miracles in your life, learn about what Jesus has done on the cross for you. And start there. If you want to pray for a miracle in your life, start with the cross. And say, Jesus, you died for me on the cross. And you redeemed me from the curse so that I can receive your promise. Amen. Amen. That's the first thing. The second thing is fire. Fire is speaking to us about what came after Jesus died. The Holy Spirit. The Bible says in Acts 2 a bit earlier on, just before we read this passage, that tongues of fire came down on their heads. The Holy Spirit. This is the promise of the Holy Spirit. And when the Holy Spirit comes in our life, you're going to start to see signs and wonders. And the last one, smoke. I want to tell you a story about smoke, just to give my point. When I was younger, me and my little sister, she's called Lil, we tended to do, you know, um, naughty things. And my parents went away and they left us. I can't remember how old we were, probably like early teens, like 12, 13 or something. And we thought, since my parents have gone, why don't we do something we would never do when they're here? So we went into the garden, and this is the kind of person that I am. I'm like, uh, it was my idea, I think. Come on, little, let's, let's, let's do something fun. Let's make a fire in the garden. Now, I'm not, what is the word, an arsenic? How, does, how do you say that word? I'm not like someone who likes fire because I'm just a boy. And there's a general rule that boys like fire. Doesn't mean they connect, but they like it. You know, whenever there's a bonfire, all the 
like there with their sticks, like poking it, like, and they get it out and they're and the girls are like, I'll just sit here and stay warm, please. That's general rule of thumb, not necessarily true, because my little sister was there and she was like, so we, we decided to make a fire, but our choice of location wasn't necessarily the best thought out plan that we'd ever made. We had like, in England, you have like a lot of grass. You don't need to have sprinklers, so there's grass. And then in the back, there's like this area of like shrubbery, like trees and stuff. We thought, well, so no one can see us doing something naughty. We'll do it in there where there's like a bunch of trees. Good idea? No. So we dig a hole first, so it's a little bit lower, and we start making this fire. We're like, oh, yeah, this is so cool. And we're getting like branches and getting a bit bigger and a bit bigger and a bit bigger. And then what we didn't realize that fire produces something. It produces two things. It produces heat, and it produces something called smoke, which starts to rise and come out of the trees. Now, my parents got back, and we didn't know. They're like, where's Rich and Lil? What are they doing? And so they're looking around the house. Where are you guys? Where are you? And then they, they look into the garden, and there's this plume of smoke coming out of the trees. And they're like, oh, my gosh. And they run out. They're like, what are you guys doing? Like trying to throw, like, mud and and whatever they can and get water and put it out and we're like just playing having fun like you could have set the whole thing on fire what I didn't tell you was there was also a fence right there a wooden fence wooden fence trees not a good idea thankfully God intervened and my parents came back before we burned down the whole house um but the point of the story is that fire produces something smoke when the Holy Spirit comes on your life It produces something. It produces smoke. A sign for others and yourself that God exists and is real. It's like the the Native Americans with their smoke signals, you know. I don't know how to do that, but they, they like make a fire and then they use the smoke to create a signal for miles and miles. And it's just like that. When the Holy Spirit comes on your life, when you give your life to Jesus, you receive the Holy Spirit in your life, fire comes and there is a result. Smoke for everyone to see. Signs and wonders. The Bible talks us when the Holy Spirit comes, receive gifts from heaven, speaking in other tongues, prophesying, healing, miracles, faith, words of knowledge and wisdom. There's a long list of gifts that God gives us, signs that he is real when we receive his Holy Spirit. Now, I don't know what stage you're at in your life. Maybe you're sat there thinking, well, first I gotta receive Jesus. I'm just at that stage. I'm not sure whether I've received him yet. Or maybe you're at the stage where you have received him, but you never received the Holy Spirit. You don't even know what that is. If you don't, you gotta go on life class. It's gonna teach you. How to receive the Holy Spirit. Or maybe you're sat there thinking, I've been in church like 5, 10, 15, 20, 30. No, I'm just kidding. Many years, and I don't see any smoke. I received the the Holy Spirit, but I don't see any smoke in my life. I don't see any signs and wonders. Is God really there? Does he really love me? I gave my life to him, but where's the, where's the signs and wonders to show me that he's real? 
Where's the miracles in my life? My finances are a mess. My family's a mess. My job is a mess. Or I just lost my job. Even worse. Where are the signs and wonders, God? Where are you? Where's the smoke? Remember, God is a personal God with a personal promise. And he cannot lie. God has a promise for you. And he will fulfill it. And his promise for you today is signs and wonders. His miracles. To change your life so that you can know that he really exists. I want to finish with a story from last weekend. I was in a city in Colombia called Bucaramanga. How many people have ever been there or know it? Nikki's like, me. that's my favorite city. Um, how many Colombians do we have in this place? Well, there's a lot of you guys. I'm Colombian too. I don't know if you knew that. You can tell from my skin and the way I talk and everything. Um, I'm not really, just to clarify. But I feel Colombian. Anyway, so I'm in, I'm in this city called Bucaramanga, and we went to a conference there of leaders. And before we went, Pastor Caesar said, prayed for us and, you know, anointed us and, and sent us out. And he said, you know, pray for miracles. So we got there, and then they showed us the... The, the schedule for the whole conference and we were both preaching like five times each. I was like, okay, I'm like getting through my notes, praying, God, give me a message, help me. Um, no, it wasn't quite like that. But anyway, we got there and, and on the second night, I had this word going around my head that Pastor Caesar had spoken. Pray for miracles and I'm thinking, And all these doubts start coming in your head. What if I step out and I tell everyone to come up the front here and nothing happens? And I'm left there looking like a goon. Like a preacher who doesn't know what he's doing. Or doesn't have faith for miracles. And then I remembered that basic Bible belief. God doesn't lie. When he says something in his word... And you step out in faith, according to that word, you will see the miracle in your life. So, you know, I, I gave a message and I prayed and I invited. I said, anyone here who's sick, there's about 2,000 people in the place. And I said, anyone here who's sick, I want you to come down the front. It felt like everyone came down the front. I was like, wow, you guys, you guys need help. Or a doctor. <laughs> But thankfully, you're in the right place because God's miracles are here. And we started to pray. And I prayed for the, the people. And there was a lady right down at the front, an older lady. And it was like one of those Bible moments. You know, when you see something, you read something in the Bible and then you're like, oh, that's what it is. When the Bible says Peter was preaching once and he saw somebody's faith in their eyes, that they were filled with faith to be healed. And that moment, I saw this lady and I saw faith in her, that she believed that God could heal her. And so we prayed, and at the end I said, does anyone here feel like they've been healed? And her hand went right up. She was an older lady. And so I got down and said, what, what has God done for you? She said, well, I had two things. 
first, my knees. She was an older lady, so she had knee problems. And she couldn't double her knees. And she said, the next thing is my back. I have like problems with my back, my spinal cord, and they're out of place. I said, okay, what couldn't you do before that you believe that you can do now? I said, climb upstairs. I said, okay, well, let's do it. And I'm like, like God, please back me up. <laughs> um, Pastor Caesar does it, so I'm just going to copy him. No, I'm, anyway, so she comes up the stairs, and the first step, she's like, I'm going to demonstrate it for you. She's like this. And I was like, oh my goodness, God, please do something. And I, I love, everything in me wanted to like help her, like to grab her hand and go, you can do it. I was like, no, this is a moment for God to perform the miracle. The miracle always happens in the moment you take a step of faith. And so she takes a step of faith like this. And then she slowly stands up and takes another step without any help. And another step, and another step. And she comes up on stage. And everyone was applauding, and I said, do it again. So she gets down. And she climbs up again. Three times, I made her do it. Sounds mean, doesn't it? Three times. And then I said, and what about your back? What couldn't you do before? She said, I couldn't bend over. Okay, do it. Boom. Straight over. And back up again. Three times again I made her do it. Mean, mean preacher. But to show people that God is a God of miracles. Amen. Why don't we give God the glory? I want to invite you to stand in this place. Everyone here. And I want to say. This isn't the month of signs and wonders. This is a life of signs and wonders. We're just talking about it this month. Because we want you to understand that your life can be filled with signs and wonders from heaven. That God can do miracles in your life. And make it a lifestyle. Put your faith in God and see what He can do. Just as Danny was saying earlier, test God. What have you got to lose today? Now I want to pray and I want to invite you just to close your eyes. And if you're here for the first time and you're listening to me say these words and you're thinking, you know what, I don't even know if God exists. I want you to put your hand up. Not to say that you necessarily want to receive God, but even if you're not sure. And if you are sure, if you now know that God exists and you want to receive Him into your life, I want to invite you to put your hand up. All our eyes are closed. Just put your hand up in this place if you're new in this place and you want to receive those signs and wonders, those miracles for the first time that God is talking about. Thank you. Thank you for the hand. I want to pray for you. We're all going to pray. And I want everyone in this place to repeat this prayer after me. Father God, I thank you for Jesus Christ. Say it with your voice out loud. Everyone in this place, I thank you for Jesus Christ who died on the cross for my sins. Today, Lord, I accept Jesus' death on the cross for me. And I ask for forgiveness for every one of my sins. And I pray, Lord, in this moment that you would come into my life. From this day forward, I want to follow you. In Jesus' name I pray. 
Amen and amen. If you did that for the first time, I want to invite you to lift your hand. Just say, yeah, that was me. I did that for the first time. Thank you. Thank you so much. God has done an amazing thing in your life. Let's give her a round of applause right here. And um, we have something for you, a little gift. Um, so when we finish praying, I want your friend to take you to the back to you. Um, and you can get a hold of your gift. And we want to know more about you and so we can keep praying for you. Thank you so much for making that commitment. God is doing amazing things. Now, the second opportunity I want to give people is if you need healing today. If you need a miracle in your life. And so that's you. If you need either physical healing or a miracle in your life, I want you to raise your hand to heaven right now. As a sign of saying, God, here I am, I need a miracle. Actually, I want to invite you down the front. If you need a miracle specifically of healing, I want to invite you to come down the front and I want to pray for you. Don't miss out on the opportunity. It's free prayer. What can go wrong? If you need healing in your life, if there is anything out of order in your life today, come down the front and I want to pray for you. Because today, God is here. His love, His anointing, His spirit and His promise is here to do a miracle in your life. All you have to do is receive the Word of God in faith and pray. And I want to finish with this, or before I pray with this, with this um, passage in the Bible. This is the one that I spoke of in Colombia. And it's in James chapter 5, right at the end. And it says this. In verse 14, is any among you sick? Let him call the leaders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of Jesus. And the prayer of faith will heal or save the sick and the Lord will raise him up. Amen. God is here to heal. Now I want to come and pray for each one of you. In turn, for God to do the miracle in your life. As the word says,